Welcome to another episode of This Engineering Life, the undergraduate series. I'm Becky Simmons, a professor of the practice in mechanical engineering and material science at Duke University. I'm joined with Celine, Raina, Richard, Paulina, Ellie, and Jack, all undergraduate engineering students also at Duke University. In this episode, we're talking about recreation and education. Jack interviews two undergraduate students about their experiences in this area. Thank you for joining us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Engineering Life, Duke and Pratt's premier podcast, where we interview engineers about things that they are doing outside of the world of engineering. So I'm really excited to be here. I should introduce myself first because I'm a new member of this TEL team, which I'm really happy to be on. My name is Jack Dagoni. I'm a fourth-year mechanical engineering student, originally from San Francisco, California. I also have a psychology minor and an innovation and entrepreneurship certificate. I'm working towards all three of those goals. I do a few other cool things at Duke. Uh, One of them is leading outdoor trips, and I'm involved in the outdoor recreation and education scene, as are my two guests. So I think that's a perfect segue. And I would love to introduce these two wonderful people who are both friends, coworkers, and colleagues. And like I said, just truly some of the most wonderful humans ever. So I'm really excited to jump into questions with them. But before we do that, Ezra and Alba, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Well, thank you, Jack, for having us. I'm Ezra. I'm a senior studying civil engineering with a certificate in global engineering development. And like Jack, I work at Outdoor Adventures as trip manager and a supervisor at the Rock Wall. Alba, you want to go next? Absolutely. I'm Alba. Um, as you said, I'm an engineer and I'm studying civil engineering here at Duke. I'm originally from Spain, but I grew up in Miami. And I also work at Outdoor Adventures at the Rock Climbing Wall, and I'm currently training to become a trip leader. Amazing. So that's really exciting stuff to have these guys here. I think it's hugely important to us to be engineers, of course, but also to vary our skill sets and develop other kinds of abilities and just other realms is is a super exciting thing. So all of us have gotten involved in this outdoor recreation space, but I think it's worth addressing, first of all, before we get into how we individually got there, what the heck is outdoor recreation? What does outdoor education look like? And what are those scenes at Duke? So if you guys could speak to a few of those opportunities and maybe I know we know a little bit about our own job at Outdoor Adventures, uh, and what do, we, what do we do besides leading trips? But there's also Outing Club and a few other really cool outdoor recreation education spaces. Alba, maybe you could speak a little bit to Project Wild, the pre-orientation program that you are a huge part of, which has grown tremendously in the last few years. And then after Alba's done, as maybe you could get into the specifics of outdoor adventures where we all work. So Alba, why don't you start us off and tell us a little bit about Project Wild. Absolutely. Project Wild has been at Duke for 49 years now. Next year is going to be the 50th anniversary. And it started out as a pre-orientation. So basically, people would come in a week or two before classes started. But since then, it's evolved into one of the many orientation programs that Duke has. So I did Project Wild last year as a freshman, and I absolutely loved it. We really focus on Leave No Trace and also on building community around the people that we spend time with in the woods because it's our first exposure to other people at Duke University. So I know I made some incredible friends there and it was one of my first experiences in the outdoors and really pushed me towards wanting to spend more time there and to share it with other people. So I went back as an orientation leader this year along with Ezra who can talk now about 
outdoor adventures. Well, before we get into anything that has you got to say, which is I'm sure a whole lot and a whole lot of interesting stuff, I do want to ask a follow-up or two about P-Wild, as it's colloquially referred to, and a little bit about your background, Alba. So you mentioned that P-Wild, Project Wild, was one of your first experiences in the outdoor recreation education space, which I think is so cool. And it's a huge testament to the fact that all of these cool spaces on campus are open to everyone. And Outdoor Adventures is no exception, which I'm sure Ezra will get into momentarily. So I wanted to ask you, what inspired you to apply to Project Wild? And what was it specifically about your experience there that brought you back, that one, that made you want to come back and apply to be a leader in P-Wild, which, by the way, is a very competitive process, if you don't know. So congratulations on that as well. So when I was looking at the orientation programs, I definitely wanted to do something that was completely fun. I was, I really wanted to enjoy like my last week before starting like an academically intensive time at Duke. So that narrowed down the orientations quite a bit. But also I'd been to North Carolina once before and I'd seen like the Outer Banks and Durham, but I had not been to anywhere like closer to the mountains and hadn't done any real hiking here. So that was something that I wanted to be exposed to. And also, since I grew up in Miami, I didn't want to do Project Waves because I was on the beach all summer. So I thought that being in a different kind of like natural scene would be really exciting and fun. And also, I wanted to challenge myself a little bit. And sleeping underneath a tarp for five days was different and new and a fun new challenge to bring into college. So. Absolutely. I mean, and what a way to start your college experience. It's certainly a strange one, but it's a really popular program, which is a testament to what the leaders can do. So what brought you back real briefly on, you know, your experience freshman year or right before freshman year, I should say, what brought you back to be a trip leader or a, a P. Wild crew leader uh, the following year? Mostly the people that I met in P. Wild, not only the other freshmen that I met, but particularly my crew leaders, my orientation leaders, were such a huge part of my freshman year at Duke. They really made me so comfortable right from the start. They gave us a tour of campus when we came back, and the community that we built out there lasted so far beyond the week that we spent together in the woods. So that was huge. I wanted to help the freshmen that came to Duke feel that way too, and I do think that spending time together isolated from society, away from your cell phones, is such an incredible, immersive way to start a new journey in life. Wow, that's really eloquently said. So thank you for sharing. And I think you mentioned something that's common to all of the outdoor recreation spaces at Duke is it really is about the people because none of the trips that we lead at Outdoor Adventures and none of the P-Wild projects that you guys do involve solo excursions. It really is about sharing that time with other people and bonding with others. So I think that's a really, really cool part of this. And another piece you mentioned that I wanted to highlight was how much North Carolina has to offer. You quickly offered a piece about, yes, there's a wonderful Atlantic coast that there is to visit, but there's also mountains on the western side of the state. There's beautiful forests throughout. There's a whole natural landscape that for many people is yet to be explored. And I think without being aware of some of these outdoor recreation and education programs, a lot of people will stay within that Duke bubble. So I think there's a lot of value to breaking out of that. And that's my opinion. It's, I think it's one that you guys share. And Ezra, you're someone who has extensive period experience, not just as part of Project Wild, but also as part of Outdoor Adventures and really taking on lead roles. I know we both started working there over two years ago now coming out of COVID, but I want to hear more about your specific experience prior to college, leading into college, and then ultimately throughout college with outdoor recreation and education and what it's meant to you along this journey. Of course. I would say Project Wild is a good transition from that because you'll find that there's quite a pipeline from like Project Wild to Outdoor Adventures or to Outing Club or just a lot of our like outdoor spaces on and off campus. 
And so I would say for outdoor adventures, at least, what shapes my experience is, I would call it defining experiences. Mm-hmm. Because before Duke, I wouldn't necessarily like have a defined trip laid out, planned out. Like I enjoyed spending time outdoors, running, playing basketball, playing sports, and that kind of stuff. But not necessarily saying, like, this is a trip, this is the plan, here's who we're going with, this is how we're getting there, this is the, the adventure that we're going to make together and so I would say through like outdoor adventures and like pee wild it's just constantly like having those defined experiences just throughout your time and then there's a lot of flavor added to it when you're just continually meeting new people that you might have not have met before just from different spheres at Duke absolutely I think that's really well said and I I have to mention a huge testament to that idea of meeting people that you would never otherwise meet was a trip that Ezra and I led this past fall break. And I have a few experiences to share leading trips with these guys who have just been amazing co-trip leads. And Ezra really a mentor to me because he had more experience than I did going into our spring break trip this year, 2023. And going into that trip, they were missing a trip leader. So I said, hey, I'll join this crew of Ezra and our amazing, amazing professional staff member, Megan, uh, who were primed to lead this awesome week-long backpacking trip into the kind of southern section of North Carolina, leaking into South Carolina and Georgia. A really amazing trip. So, Ezra, I want want you to talk about the experiences that built up to that, because that's a pretty big trip, you know, and that one is a trip that is similar in a lot of ways to the Project Wild experience, being out and backpacking for a week. So I do want to bounce it back to you and talk about what specifically attracts you about an experience like that. You mentioned the planning, and I want you to talk about what kind of goes into that side of things. Break down the technical aspect of it, and I know from firsthand it's a lot of hard work, so how come that appeals to you, do you think? Well, the reason why it appealed to me at the beginning is because I didn't have those kind of experiences beforehand. Like, I'm trip leader, trip manager now, so I'm, like, supervising all the outgoing and going trips, and we led that trip together, but before Duke, I actually hadn't led any trips or gone on any like backpacking overnight trips besides a few like camp outs that were very low-key and so when you're trying to plan for others especially when responsibility falls on you on their safety primarily but also like having a good time and so what I would emphasize is that like you said we had Megan and you and so it just wasn't alone like Mm. you have your crew trip leaders for a reason and so there's a lot of working together to get that established. But, like, in terms of, like, the nitty-gritty, like, technical stuff, I break it down into three things, which is gear, food, and coordination. Mm. And that coordination is, like, communicating with all of our lovely participants, all the people who sign up to go, but then also handling everything that we need from tents to water filters to all of the little ropes and tarps that we might bring along with us. And then food. And for me, food is a pretty big one. Absolutely. Um, Because you'll see, like, we eat pretty well, I I would say. Absolutely. um, In the backcountry. Absolutely. That's that's well said. And part of the reason we ate well in the backcountry is because we have funding. I mean, we do get a budget from Duke Recreation, and that budget incorporates a lot into our trip. So it it incorporates a food budget, but it also helps the students and other members of the Duke community who want to attend these trips afford these trips. So it's important to note that the trips that we offer at Outdoor Adventures are available on MyRec. And yes, this is the mid-podcast advertisement, but we do offer trips throughout the entire fall and spring semester, and they're all Duke subsidized. So you'll go onto our website and you'll see 
all that comes with those trips from transportation to meals to expertise and know-how in various areas of outdoor recreation. And it's going to come for a pretty low price, all things considered. So speaking more to the outdoor adventure side of things, I would love to hear from you, Alba, because Ezra and I have been around for a little bit, but we also didn't have a freshman year experience with outdoor adventures. I mean, our freshman year was the prime of the pandemic. So there wasn't a whole lot going on in terms of in-person interactions. So we both joined the team officially our sophomore year. You joined as a freshman and early on sophomore year, before either of us were really primed to do anything like this, you've been leading trips. Most recently, you and I led a trip just a few days ago to go do yoga on a mountain. Yes, we drove two hours west, a little bit more than that, to Stone Mountain, took a group of participants up hiking, and we had a yoga session complete with yoga mats, a yoga flow, and all kinds of wonderful reflective vibes up on a mountain. So I want to hear from you about what the training process has been like for you, what your thoughts are and your present experiences already having led a trip, uh, and maybe your thoughts about the future at Outdoor Adventures and kind of your, the world of outdoor recreation as it appeals to you. Fantastic. So I joined Outdoor Adventures last January basically because I'd been rock climbing quite a bit at the rock climbing wall at Wilson Gym, and one of my now co-workers, Ming, was like, you seem like somebody that would want to work here. So I applied, and now I do. And after my first semester working at the wall, I heard about all these trips that were going on, and I became very interested in leading them. So the first thing that I did in preparation to lead trips was I got a wilderness first aid certification nice. back in March. And that's just like basic first aid in the wild. So different things that you would normally call an ambulance for that you can't call an ambulance for when you're offline from everyone else, like teaching you how to do those things, how to make a splint, check for back and neck injuries and all that kind of stuff. That was step one. And then from there, I didn't get to do a whole lot in the trip leading scene last semester, but starting at the start of this fall semester, we have a weekly trip leading class with all of the other freshmen, sophomores, and juniors that currently want to pursue trip leading through Outdoor Adventures. And that consists of two-hour lessons that specialize in different parts of the stuff that goes behind planning a trip. So we've done one that just goes over the trip leading manual and all of the technicalities that go behind planning a trip. We've done one on how to use a stove and boil water. And most recently, planning a fall break trip that a lot of the trip leaders will be going on this weekend. That's been a huge part of it. And then from there, you go on to shadow upperclassmen who already have been leading trips on trips that they're leading this semester, which is what I was doing on Stone Mountain this weekend. And that's fantastic because you get to be exposed to their different forms of leadership and adapt the things that they can do that you can't to how you plan on leading trips in the future. So that's really cool. And also a good way to get exposed to different kinds of trips and see what you're gonna wanna do more of in the future and less. So that's been awesome. And from there you go on to be like the second trip leader leading a trip and then you get to head trips for the rest of Yamaduke, which is super exciting. Absolutely. And I think that's so cool that there's this community of young trip leaders forming because I know I can speak from experience and so can Ezra in saying that coming back from COVID, this is a program that had to kind of get back on its feet. We've also had some turnover in leadership. We've had amazing, amazing leaders, but we've had two people that were really high up supervisors move on to different parts of their own journeys. And we've had someone new come in, our boss, Nathan, who's done a wonderful job kind of establishing this infrastructure and making sure that our trip leaders are trained to the highest degree. We can't forget to thank TJ and Chris who were there before uh, and really did lay down the foundation for years before we even arrived at Duke to set up this outdoor recreation 
and education scene. And I think it is a really powerful experience for so many. So I want to bounce back to you, Alba, and I want you to talk a little bit about how that community has felt as far as we have new freshmen joining the team. We have sophomores who are already leading trips. And then you can speak from a kind of a dual experience with P. Wild, where you're bringing in a lot of incoming freshmen who maybe have very little experience in the outdoors. Maybe some have more than others, but ultimately your main mission in both roles is to build community. And I want you, Ezra, maybe you could offer a little bit after Alba does about what exactly informs your experiences from P Wild all the way to Outdoor Adventures and anything else you'd like to discuss with how you go about building that community because it's one thing to talk about it. It's a whole different deal to actually do it. So given that those are a lot of intangibles, I'd love for you to speak to that for a second. I think the most important thing is that when you talk to people about this job and about what we do, they get really excited and they want to be a part of it too. I know from my experience, two of the freshmen that were in my crew in PUL this year, which also happened to be Ezra's crew, we were actually co-crew leaders in Amazing. PUL this year, what a crew. have joined Outdoor Adventures and are now in the trip leading class because we briefly mentioned our job and they wanted to work there too, which is awesome. And it awesome. goes to show that when you're doing something that you really enjoy and that you want to share with people, other people are going to want to do it too. So I think that that's a huge part of the community. And then there's also the whole aspect of type two fun and that when you are in the outdoors, some things are going to be kind of uncomfortable. Maybe you're going to be cold. Maybe you're going to be hiking up a really steep mountain and with a really, really heavy backpack on your back. And it's not going to be maybe the most fun moment right then and there. But when you look back on it, you're going to feel so proud of yourself and you're going to think about the people that were there when you did those activities. And it's so fulfilling. And I think that that's why people keep going back. I do think that that's certainly one thing that keeps on bringing me back to the outdoors. Wow. Thank you for speaking to that. And honestly, I had not heard the term type two fun until just now, but your explanation gives me, I think, a glimpse into what that means, which is the kind of fun you don't think about. I mean, a lot of people's definitions of fun are kicking back, relaxing, maybe with a bowl of ice cream and watching a movie and hiking up a mountain, perhaps in inclement weather or other not so ideal conditions isn't everyone's definition of fun. So did I hit the nail on the head or at least something close to it as far as what type two fun is? Yeah, it's basically fun that you might not realize is fun in the moment, but when you think back at it, you're like, that was awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for offering that concise definition too. We do appreciate it. And Ezra, I want you to speak to that too. What's been your experience with type two fun, both in P Wild and Outdoor Adventures? And how do you think that builds community in some of the ways that Alba offered and then maybe some of your own experience as well? Yeah, type one and type two fun. There's quite a few experiences where you'll find that. And I think that's because with these experiences like P-Wild and Outdoor Adventures, it's because of all the quality time that you guys are spending. You look back and I've like, I've made some great friends at Duke, but like spending one week with the same people practically like 24-7, you just like shoot through that process. And a lot of stuff just happens just over the course of a few days and you break a lot of ice because of it. And so you have those like inside jokes, you have like that little trail spice. And so for me, it's, it's really hard to describe like what trips are like because like the best way is just to like show someone. Absolutely. And so I would say type two, we climbed a mountain for a while. That was quite the experience. But on our spring break backpacking trip, at the very end, like after like not showering or anything, we like went whitewater rafting and that was so cold. Yeah. It was like we're all holding on and the guy's like four more and we're like rowing four more times on the left. Mm-hmm. Hands are numb and everything. Hands are numb. Um, no one wants to fall in. And like at the end, it's like 
it's just like you just feel so alive at the, yeah. at the end. Absolutely. Um, but that's like that's just a taste. Like yeah. to actually do it is like another thing. Absolutely. I think that's really well said, and I think you guys have spoken to a lot of great points about why exactly outdoor recreation is so popular. But a lot of people don't know about the fact that outdoor adventures exist, let alone lead trips. Those people you see working at the Rockwall, they don't just work at the Rockwall. And these trips you hear about with these mysterious trip leaders on this podcast, they don't just lead trips. We all do both. We all work at the Rockwall and then kind of on the side. But for, for some of us, myself included, that's our main passion. We lead trips. We do encourage anybody who's interested, especially our undergraduates who haven't exactly had as much access to these trips as our amazing graduate students have check them out on my rec if you go to my rec uh, this is your second advertisement of the podcast (laughs) you'll go over to the outdoor adventure section click on trips and workshops and you'll see all the amazing trips we still have some spots available on equine therapy which is our trip coming up this november it's an amazing trip with a mental health professional in which you will be able to learn a lot more about how to communicate with horses which i think is such a cool idea but back to our kind of main flow of the podcast here I wanted to follow up with both of you guys about a piece of career advice that I recently got that's changed my life in many of the same ways that working at Outdoor Adventures has changed my life. And these two are highly correlated, highly intertwined, and I have to share. It's a piece that I got from a family member of mine who essentially told me that the best wisdom they could offer me in terms of choosing a career in the future is to be sure that I pay attention in my experiences in college and beyond to what gives me energy. And I want you guys to speak to that a little bit because you've mentioned that these trips, being around people, climbing up these mountains, even though you are exhausted by the end of all of it, you're able to reflect on it in a way that is that does give you energy. So either one of you really can speak to that energy and what exactly that has brought you and maybe a little bit of outlook towards the future. You know what I mean? As you've been engineers for these couple of years, you can think about maybe how you can intertwine those two goals. I know you guys are both in, uh, both involved in the leadership, actually, of DEED, if I recall correctly, which is Duke Engineers for International Development. Check out our episode on them just last season, I believe. But truly, back to the main question, I do want you guys, maybe, Alba, you can start, to speak to that energy that you get from being outdoors and building that community. What is that like, and how has that informed your vision for the future? I think part of it is adrenaline. Once you're out there, you start, and you just can't stop. Yeah. Partially because of the nature of the trips, but also because... Everyone around you, in my experience, is so keen to get out there, and they want to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Like, I know in my experience in P-Wild, if somebody's pack is too heavy, like, you'll take some weight off of somebody else's shoulders, and everyone just kind of, like, is constantly trying to make everyone's experience better and trying to help everybody around them. We had one person pull a prank on mm-hmm. half of our crew that involved taking all of the food out of their bags and putting them into his bag so he carried all the weight up for the last day and everybody else didn't and I think that that just shows you the kind of people that go on these trips and that's where I get a lot of my energy from I'd say seeing people be completely selfless and seeing people make memories that they're going to be able to take with them and reflect on I think that was different and that was new and that was something that I accomplished, and I did it with all of these people. So, yeah. again, I think it goes back to the people. Totally. It always does go back to the people. And I think you've brought up a lot of great points about that energy-giving nature of being surrounded by people who are like-minded. 
And it's funny to hear you mention a P-Wild prank because originally I'm thinking there's all kinds of pranks you can pull in the outdoors. You know, there's plenty of inside jokes. I know we've all shared a few along our trips that we've led together. But to think about a prank in the context of helping other people out at the expense of your own workload, that's a really special experience. And I think you're right that it is largely reserved for those outdoor adventure experiences. So, Ezra, maybe you could speak to a little bit of why does this outdoor recreation stuff give you energy to begin with? Oh, yeah. So as Jack kind of noted before, when we arrived at Duke, as all, all the freshmen arrived like to universities, it wasn't the same. Like our year was definitely different. And so what's given me a lot of energy is just shaping the spaces I wish I had at the beginning. And it's what I've been trying to work towards both through Outdoor Adventures and through Deed. I'm trying to stick to Outdoor Adventures for this podcast, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Deed all the way. Um, <laughs> but... But it's just giving back in a way that gives freshmen and others opportunity to, to connect in ways that we really learn to appreciate after, like, the pandemic. And so watching now, after, like, countless trips, seeing, like, people want to give back the same way, seeing how many people who have gone on the spring break trip, Pew Wild trips, and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't want this to end here. Like, I want to give back just the same. Mm. It just amplifies the energy. And you can really see that by, like, how much Outdoor Adventures has grown over the past few years. Absolutely. And each year it's going to be different, but that's, like, the beauty of it. Because everyone, you kind of find, like, when you're out outdoors or just working together, their character come out, their personalities show. It's just good times. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've brought up a bunch of amazing points. And one of my favorites is hearing about people's true characters come out in these spaces. It's part of the reason we have such an amazing community at Outdoor Adventures of trip leaders. But I think a lot of it comes from that experience of being away from the constant connectedness we always have. So these P. Wild trips and the spring break trip that we led together, we didn't have a whole lot of phone time. In fact, I purposefully had my phone off for a full week, and that week encapsulated my 21st birthday, which was a reason that I was strangely excited to go on this trip because I know it's not the typical birthday experience to be having type two fun on your 21st birthday but by all means it was well worth it for me and I think that's a hugely valuable portion of these trips to know you're taken care of to know there's a ton of planning that's going into it to know that there's all kinds of resources you can rely on should the need come but also to be able to have that chance and to experience that safety in a way that allows you to disconnect so I think that's hugely important it certainly informed my future as an engineer who maybe isn't as interested in the whole engineering world I've started to think about all the other ideas that could allow me to work in the outdoors to offer educational instruction to people. In fact, I just finished my Fulbright application yesterday, just sent it in. So I'm really excited about that. And if I'm teaching in Columbia this time next year, then that's why. But I want to hear a little bit more from you guys. And I'll let Ezra go first because, Alba, I don't want to put too much pressure on you. You're a sophomore. You have plenty of time to figure all that out. But Ezra, as someone who has been, I would would say, certainly a leader in the engineering community, an all-star civil engineer, but also someone who's gotten involved in other areas of engineering, which you've already mentioned, Duke Engineers for National Development, Deed. How have your experiences in these non-classroom settings informed your future as an engineer? One of the big components of being a part of Outdoor Adventures is to kind of balance out all the engineering workload that we did. And so it was fun, I mean, planning for these trips and going on these trips on like a Saturday as like a like a just a getaway mm-hmm. from everything else especially when like work was getting hard and you're just like looking for that break um, it provided a lot of motivation but as a civil engineer I've got to say the intersection is pretty pretty interesting because you look around and you realize like we really define the outdoors the only Absolutely. reason why it's outside is because 
were the ones building walls around yeah. us. And so just finding like the balance in between has definitely just been kind of like embedded through my work as an engineer. And that goes on with like sustainability, but also like biomimicry and just kind of all the different aspects you can look at just like integrating the way we live and really understanding like what we need and what we don't. And that really kind of also is tied together with my interests with like Duke Engineers for International Development. You just kind of see like how differently people live and what's available, what's feasible, what's financially feasible, what's constructible. It brings a lot of these different questions to mind. And just like when you're on a trip, it's about adaptability and creativity because you really don't know what you're gonna find, but it's knowing what you do have and the people that you're with, and then working together to come up with a solution. And so you can kind of see how like analogous it can be, yeah. but also just like using different parts of my mind, which I appreciated during my time. Totally. I mean, now I see because you've offered such an excellent explanation. And I think that's so cool to hear about some of those kind of more fundamental mechanics of planning that go into both trips and international development, which is an area where I know you're interested in applying your engineering expertise but also to hear that it goes back to the people, to see how different people live, to understand different people's needs and to experience that firsthand. I think it takes a lot of comfort with being uncomfortable, you know, and and going into places that you've never been before, experiencing life in a way that you haven't experienced it before and allowing that comfort to guide your decisions as an engineer, as a professional in whatever field you may be in. I would love to turn the question to Alba as well. Obviously, you've got more time to decide, so we're not looking to put pressure on you here, but we certainly want to hear your ideas about the future and maybe how the outdoor spaces have informed them. And before I even jump into that, maybe I'll give you a second to think. I want to also highlight an experience that we had in which people who were on our trip, our spring break backpacking trip, ended up joining our team. So that was Emma and Stevan who were on our spring break backpacking trip and have now joined the crew. And talking to both of them, I think it had everything to do with the people because they were exposed to different perspectives along with the the whole crew of nine of us offering those perspectives. But also, I think they wanted to see what that planning looked like. You know, they wanted to go behind the scenes and see what that was all about. So Alba, as someone who's been behind the scenes now and has been able to see all of what goes into planning a trip, or at least a good portion of it, and has done an excellent job leading this past trip, I want to hear about how those experiences have informed your decisions as you think about merging engineering or whatever else you may be interested in with your future career, your profession. I'm not entirely sure what I want to do after graduation, but I will say that one thing that I've learned from these trips that I definitely will stay with me for the rest of my life is something that Ezra actually said while we were on P-Wild. And it has to do with people joining your team. And he said, when people see you doing your job and they ask, how they can join like that's the biggest compliment you can ever yeah. get because it means that like not only are you doing your job right but it also means that you're in a place where you're doing something that is clearly fulfilling to you because other people think that they will be fulfilled doing the same thing totally and that's a lesson that i've gotten from working in outdoor education and recreation and that i think will influence what whatever career i go into into the future nice. is doing something that i can communicate that excitement to the people around me totally Absolutely. That's really well said. And I think it it goes back a bit, not only to the people, but to that advice that I shared a second ago. Find something that you want to do that gives you energy. And I think a lot of people at Duke tend to fall into certain categories when it comes to what they want to, they want to choose. Perhaps they want to take this route, this route, this route, this route, because it's looked fondly upon by other people. And I won't shadow any specifics like consulting or software engineering necessarily, because those are amazing fields that we do need people working in and that 
you know, they are highly prestigious fields too. But I think one of the main messages that I've received from my time in outdoor adventures and from my experience in the outdoors in general is keep an open mind and keep an open mind about what might give you energy in the future. So as you mentioned, having people ask you how they can get involved is a huge compliment, which is why having Emma and Stevan on the team and having your P-Wild crewlings join the team is such a high testament to the work that we've all, I think, been able to do in establishing these outdoor spaces, which are such a core feature of our existence. So as we close out the podcast, I want to offer you each an opportunity to say a final statement, if you will. Nothing formal, nothing too crazy or serious, but if you had a message for anybody who's been able to hang around long enough to get past the 30-minute mark of this podcast, I'd love for you to be able to share a little bit more about what your experience in the outdoors has meant to you, especially how it ties in with Duke and what you're taking away into the future. It was a bit of a replication of the previous question, but I just want something from you guys, right from the heart that you think has been important as part of your experience here, especially as it relates to the outdoors. Yeah. Well, as you can see, we're all very heavily biased. Yeah. But there is kind of a reason why. And through this time, take the time to reflect and just kind of understand for yourself, what's your why? It's a question that you're asked to write about, but when you come to college, you realize that you're kind of like pulled away from everything that you might know as true and you're really tested. And so it's okay to just not know. It's okay to just be curious. And what I've learned is the experiences are are what you make of it, but also just you're never gonna stop learning. You're never gonna stop growing. So if you have that mindset of just constant development and self-improvement, it'll take you somewhere. Yeah. We'll see where you'll go. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great one. I love that mantra of growing from discomfort and this whole type two fun idea, this, ex- this experience of being uncomfortable in settings that you haven't been before, I think can only really re- result in growth. Uh, and once you, once you get going, you really can't stop, as you mentioned earlier, Alba. So any final words for our amazing podcast listeners? I think I would encourage everyone to go spend some time in the outdoors, whether it is through one of the outdoor adventures trips or even just go like sit in the gardens for an afternoon because nothing gives you as much time to think and to have introspection as being unplugged from society and just like sitting in the stillness of nature and absorbing that. And I think that that's really pertinent to people, maybe in Pratt where you're really busy all the time and you constantly feel like you have so much going on and emails to answer and assignments to do. Just sitting in nature for a little bit gives you time to feel grounded and to feel a little bit more in control of yourself without all of this external stimuli. Wow. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's super well said. And I think especially for engineers, and I hope we have a lot of engineers listening to our podcast right now, the busier the schedule gets, the more you have pulling you in all kinds of different directions, the more stimuli is in your brain and all over the place at all times, the more important that time is to unplug, reflect, and think hard about what's your why and what your future might look like. So cheers to you both for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. And here's to more adventures in the outdoors and all over the world in in the coming years. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right, guys, that's all for today. So on behalf of This Engineering Life, I'm Jack Dagoni, new member here, thanking Ezra and Alba for joining us and thanking all you wonderful listeners for being here, for supporting our podcast and our mission of capturing the lives of engineers in more ways than one and certainly more ways than we can in the classroom and the academic and the more traditional settings. So with that, we'll say see you next time. We're signing off and see you later. This Engineering Life is brought to you and supported by the Pratt School of Engineering at Duke University. A special thanks to all of our interviewees for sharing their experiences. Our senior producer is Dr. Rebecca Simmons. Our editors are Raina Verbetsky, Richard Kim, and Celine Wang. 
Our theme music is from Silverman Sound, Audionautics, and Kevin McLeod. This Engineering Life social media is run by Raina Verbensky and Paulina Epstein. Our brand new co-hosts for this season are Jack Dugoni and Ellie Vogel. Come back in two weeks for our spotlight episode on Duke Enable, a 3D printing prosthetics club focused on giving prosthetics to community members in need. You can find this episode and more resources online at thisengineeringlife.com. Also, be sure to look us up on TikTok. I'm Richard. I'm Celine. And I'm Raina. And this has been This Engineering Life. See you again soon.